0: The extraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles, because something extraordinary is about to happen. Mother of my children, Sarah, preach the word of the Lord like you feel feeling. We love you, baby. I don't normally get to hug the speakers like this, praise God. Well, if I'll not cry. (laughs) Thank you for those kind words. Um, I feel the help of the Lord today. I feel like he's in this room. He was here from the minute we began to worship him, and he's here right now. And I'm thankful for each of you. You you may be seated. God is good. Thank you to my, my pastor husband, my husband pastor, however you want to put that. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be able to stand here and encourage. That's what I want to do today, and encourage the people that I love so much. Thank you. And thank you for being here today, knowing that this was happening. <laughs> I'm thankful for God because he has kept us and he has been good my whole life long. And I'm thankful for each of you here today. It's going to be a great joy to spend a few minutes to encourage you because that's what I'm here to do today is just to speak a word of encouragement to everybody in this room. Whether you're a mother or not, prepare to be encouraged today in Jesus' name. As I've prepared for this day, I spent some time in prayer and just pondering and thinking about each of you because you're the people that I'm speaking to. And three mothers in this room have been on my heart this week. You've all been, but there are three in particular that I want to acknowledge today because I've prayed some extra prayers for you this week. The first mother that I want to acknowledge is not here today. Her grandmother passed away, so she's out of town, but that's Kavita. Most of you here know who Kavita is. Kavita, if you're, whenever you're watching this, I want you to know that I see how your children are beginning to love the Lord. <laughs> and in the big scheme of everything that we do as moms, nothing else matters. So happy Mother's Day to you, Kavita. We wish you well where you are right now. The second mother that's been on my heart this week is Sharda. Sharda, if you'd stand up so everybody knows who you are. Sharda, I acknowledge you today because you are gentle and you are full of steadfast faith for your children. And that is an inspiration to me. And when I grow up, I wanna be like that too. So thank you, Sharda. We love you very much. The third mom that I've prayed for this week, um, in particular, is Stephanie. Stephanie Catulli. So if you'd stand up, she's sitting right back here. Stephanie, I acknowledge you today. Oh, she sat back down real quick. (laughs) I acknowledge you today because I admire your intentional motherhood. And I'm inspired every time I watch you interact with your kids and interact with other people's children. You are a good mother, and I appreciate you. And I learn a lot by watching you. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. There are so many mothers in this room, extraordinary moms that are in this place. I applaud you today, and I thank God for you. You really are extraordinary. Amen. So... With all the moms that have been celebrated today, many of you have won prizes, many of you have um, already received gifts from your family or you're headed out to do that after church today, I would be making a huge mistake if I didn't honor my favorite mom of all. And she's in Virginia, she's my mother. She's on the farm, just doing what she does best. And I love my mother. And I wanna tell you a few things that my mom has taught me. First, my mom taught me to obey. She taught me to know the difference between the holy and the profane. My mom's ear is very attuned to the sound of worship, which also means that her ear is also quick to recognize a counterfeit. And I'm thankful that she gave me that. My mom is on the farm and she lives a weightless, honest and simple life before the Lord. She has a sensitive heart and she weeps in the presence of God. God has given my mom so many gifts. In particular, he's given her a gift of healing. She has a, a spiritual gift of healing. And I'm thankful that when she's moved with compassion and praise for people, they are healed in the name of Jesus. My mom sings and plays instruments. She sang at her church today, played the piano at her church today like she has every Sunday that I've known her. <laughs> she, she picks up a, a guitar or anything with strings. She's going to figure out how to play it real quick. And I love that about her. She sings for an audience of one. If you ever go to my mom's church, and you're sitting there while she's playing this big grand piano, and all you can see is the top of her head like this behind it, she's worshiping Jesus, and nothing else matters. In times of trouble, my mom is very quick to boldly stand up. If she feels like Satan is coming onto her property, coming into her house for some reason, she's very quick to stand up and say, Satan, get out of my house. I want nothing to do with that, and I'm not afraid. Go mom! <laughs> I love my mom and I'm so inspired by her. Of all the things that she's taught me, she's, there are a handful of things in particular that have really stuck with me and I feel like have sort, you know how some things stick and they just kind of make you a part of who you are? The longer you live, the more you will see that, right? But the one thing, the, there are four things here that I wanna share with you that really stuck with me. Obedience. I spent most of my time outdoors, so I didn't learn a whole lot about cooking and cleaning and doing all that, but mom knew I liked being outside better than inside, so she was cool with that, but when it came down to it, she made sure that I obeyed. It was hard work, but she made sure that I obeyed, and she did that because she totally believes in everything that the Bible teaches, and she knows how important obedience is. My mom also taught me not to compare myself with other people. She said, Sarah, you are not so-and-so. They are not you. Be yourself no matter what. That stuck with me when I felt like I was weird. <laughs> My mom taught me to tell the truth because she hates lies. She hates Lies, And she taught me the, the value of the truth. I'm thankful for that because, you know, when we love what's true, we're not going to easily be tricked by a lie. Amen? I want to love truth. I want to love what the Word of God says. I want to love people who speak the truth and never be tricked by a lie. Amen? My mom also taught me this. My mom never said this, but, you know, we're watching. We learn so much. We, we catch a lot more than we are taught sometimes but my mom taught me that you can always find something light-hearted about a situation if you just look hard enough <laughs> because no matter what all my mom has been through she finds a way to put a little giggle in it to put a little laugh in it to put a little joy in it and it changes everything and I'm thankful for that. I hope that those things stick on me all the days of my life. Many times since I've been an adult, I've heard my mom say that she wishes that she had done things differently. Has any mom ever? <laughs> she said, I wish I'd done things differently and she's regretted mistakes that she's made along the way. But when, when I look back, I was the kid, right? When I look back, I don't recall any. I just don't recall thinking, man, my mom really messed this up. Mom, you didn't make any. (laughs) She didn't make any mistakes. So if you're watching all of the fussing that you had to do, that you felt like sounded like a broken record of the same instructions over and over and over, those were the words that Sarah needed to hear because they ring in my ears today and keep me on the right track. Thank you for that. I'm thankful for my mother. If you are born, (laughs) if you are alive in this room today, if you've ever been mothered at all, heed the things that she's taught you, right? But don't blame her if you turn out a mess. (laughs) No way, don't blame mom if you turn out a mess. You see, mom can only do so much, right? God gave each of us a free will, okay? And we are unique and require some specialized training that only God can give. We require specialized life lessons that only God can orchestrate because he knows who we are on the inside. Some character building that only God can do. So it's not mom's fault if I'm a wreck, right? (laughs) It's probably mine. (laughs) Only God can do some of those things. God has hard lessons for us to learn. But if you're teachable as your mom hoped and prayed that you would be, then you will absolutely grow up to obey God, and you will be exactly what he's designed you to be and what your mom dreamed that you could become. You will become that no matter how old you are, whether you're 5, 15, 35, or 50. Honor your mother and let her impact be lasting in your life. This room is full of extraordinary mothers today. If you turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter three, it'll be on the screen too in case you don't have your Bible with you today. Philippians 3, 13 through 14 says this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Being a mom is a high calling, a very high calling. No doubt, it's the longest, hardest, most self-sacrificing thing that you will ever do, and there's no retirement, (laughs) none ever. So today I'm here to speak a word of encouragement and hope to every mother who is working and striving to raise children. I wanna speak strength and focus to everyone in this room who has heard a call to follow Jesus. Today's message is for every mother, but also for every person who believes that there is more that God has for you. Hear me today, moms, when I say to you, you are not a failure. You are not a failure. You are not a failure. Amen, amen. You see, failure has a certain look, right? And, um. If you're like me, you like some jokes. I I love jokes, I love joke books. Anything funny, I just, I'm gonna laugh. I could could read knock-knock jokes for about an hour all by myself and just laugh and have a good time. But I wanna show you a little bit of what, what failure looks like. I think probably everyone in the room has seen the little memes that say, you had one job. Anybody seen those? You had one job. So Media Team's gonna help us out. We want to check out a few of those and see what you think. there (laughs) there are indeed no shortcuts we've seen it we've experienced and we have been those people haven't we (laughs) some people clearly lost their focus when it counted the most didn't they (laughs) they totally fell off the map and did the wrong thing and Because there are hundreds, thousands of these memes out there, it just lets me know that apparently, it's very easy for us to really get it wrong, (laughs) very, very easy. So go ahead and give yourself a break, pat yourself on the back, say you're you're making it so far, right? (laughs) So today I want to talk to you about a man in the Bible that has really inspired me and I think will inspire you too. As a mom, I can learn a lot from this guy. A man who no doubt declared to himself, I have but one job, right? This man's name is John. John the Baptizer, or John the Baptist, as you might know of him, called this because he baptized people. His conception and his birth were prophesied by an angel. And as a baby, he was a very special child, even filled with the Holy Ghost from, from birth. His parents were true lovers of God. In fact, they came from a family of Levites on both sides, mom's side and dad's side. Which, as a Levite, it would be no surprise to us that, he was, that John, little John was destined to live a life that was very set apart from other people Because the family of Levites, they did this throughout the centuries. They lived differently than other people. Um, I like to say they lived like no one else, so they could live like no one else. And they had one job. The family of Levites had one job. And that was service unto the Lord God Almighty. What I love about that is the Bible tells us that you and I, we're a part of a royal priesthood. So we are we're very much the same we are we are called out we're called to serve the lord god almighty all the days of our lives with what we have to offer so john this little child john he grows up and he's a very he's a he's a prophet of god but he's a very eccentric prophet of god he lived differently he openly challenged sinful rulers he called for repentance and promised god's judgment John was the very last of the prophets to serve the Lord under the age of the law and prophets. But he was the very first and probably the only one to witness the beginning of this great shift in the covenant that would be ushered in by the coming of Jesus, our Messiah. The time had come when the law and the prophets would be no more for the kingdom of God was about to arrive right here in the hearts of men. Aren't we thankful for that today? I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. <laughs> I'm so glad that his kingdom has come in, inside of me and I can his word can come alive like never before because of the power of his spirit that he puts inside of us. I'm so thankful for that. John was the one man chosen by God for one job, to make the way for Jesus's arrival. John the Baptist, this forerunner or the one who went before, he simplified his life and is a perfect example of someone who removed all distractions and took the one thing that they were called to do and did it with everything he had. He's a perfect example of that. John didn't burden himself down with the cares of this life. There's no record that John had a wife. There's no record that he ever had children. Um, There's no record that he owned property, houses, or lands. His material possessions were very few. He lived very simply. He ate simply. He dressed simply. He gave all of his energy to the one thing that he was called to do. Very much like a mother. And very much like a person who is purposely running after the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As a mom, I get John. John's high calling was not glamorous. He was not called to be a king. He wasn't called to be a prominent ruler who would acquire great fame and wealth. Instead, John was called to spend his life making room for another making room for someone who is coming after him someone greater than john would ever be someone who is destined to make a bigger splash and a bigger impact than john ever could john was chosen by god to make paths for this greater one to walk into i wonder sometimes if The path to the great field where the multitudes gathered to listen to Jesus preach, or the great field where Jesus fed the multitude. I just wonder, was that path to that field, was the field itself, was it trodden down and made accessible because that's where John told the multitudes that somebody was coming to save them? Maybe it was easy for Jesus to get there because John had already paved the way. I wonder if the path to the wilderness was familiar to Jesus and easy for him to find on his way to fast and pray, because John had already used that wilderness to separate himself from all others. He had already walked that path to the wilderness to protect his purpose, to practice decreasing. A footpath had probably already been trodden down by John. Moms, how much like John we are when we sacrifice our time, our pleasures, our own needs for the good of our children, using all of our energy and all of our creativity to prepare them for future bigger things than we will ever do. And how like God it is to have us walk down paths, cutting a trail as we go. Do you know how hard that is? If you've ever been in a forest and it got so thick you couldn't get through and you had to if you needed to get through, you needed to take a machete or something and you had to cut a path through there. But the people who came behind you, they just walked right. There. Never gave it another thought because the path had already been already been cut. God sends us through wildernesses of hard lessons that are learned and taught, of failures that we rise from, successes that made us victorious, and disappointments that taught us resilience. Through all of that, the eyes of our children are watching. Their ears are hearing whether we think they are or not. (laughs) We teach a lot of unspoken things, to those who are watching. Sometimes we passionately teach exactly what should be done. And other times, we just as energetically teach what not to do. (laughs) But it's training nonetheless. Preparing the way meant for John that Jesus would need to increase, okay? And that John himself would need to decrease. So there was a season in John's life where it was all about John. It, everything, everybody, who is this guy? Who is this? Is this the prophet of old risen up? Well, who, who is this John who's here? They, in fact, they said, wow, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. You know, they, they said that about John. He's the voice. That, oh, that's him. That's John over there. He's the, he's the one who cries out and tells us the Messiah is coming, tells us to get our hearts ready for him, telling us to repent, telling us to be baptized unto repentance because somebody's coming who's going to fill us up with power from on high. This John, he's everything. I'm sure the talk of the town was John. But eventually, a shift in focus had to happen, which required that John would become less and Jesus would become more. So John said of Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here he is everybody, he's he's here, he's here. John said hey, they were shouting about me but I've gotta shout louder about the one that's coming after me. Childbirth is hard. Birthing children is a hard thing, but it's not isolated. Childbirth isn't isolated to just those few hours of struggle, Um, it extends throughout the years as we do our good work of mothering, decreasing, that they might increase. John was powerfully effective at drawing the people of the land to repentance. He was really good at what he did. He was powerfully effective at bringing in awareness that something big was happening because of this Jesus. His influence was so great that the rulers of the land said, we've got to quiet him down. His influence is too big. Against those same rulers who were seeking to silence John, John was absolutely not afraid. He was like my mom. She's fearless. He was not afraid. He did not hesitate to call them out for their sins. There's no way. He's like, you might be coming after me, you might wanna kill me, but you're walking in sin and you need to repent and prepare your heart because Jesus is coming to save you. He did not care, he did not back down. He would relentlessly urge the people to repentance. And this scenario of the people wanting to silence John is not unlike our day. When society would trade the influence of a godly mother for cheap and ineffective substitutes. When society would seek to silence the voice of the mother that teaches right over wrong and silence her influence upon the little lives who are called to be the greatest people who would ever walk the planet. No, I won't be silenced and I think there's a room of people here, mothers here who will not be silenced either. Keep teaching your children. Keep mothering your children. Keep telling them right and wrong. Whether they're listening or not, keep saying it because one day they're going to stand like I am and say all of those words you spoke, all of the fussing, it's the sound in my ear that keeps me on the right track today. So don't stop. Don't give up. Luke um, chapter 1 verse 17. Luke chapter 1 verse 17 says, And he talking about John, will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So part of John's one thing that he had given his life to was to soften the hearts of people into repentance so that when Jesus came, they would receive him. Another part was to help those in disobedience practice wisdom and become righteous. So John took every opportunity he had to do this. He never stopped and he never backed down. And I'm thankful that the Spirit of God is doing that very thing in all of our lives. God's not stopping. He's not backing down to draw us to repentance, to draw us into a right relationship. The goodness of God is constantly drawing us to repentance. Even in this moment right now, the goodness of God is in this room, drawing us, tugging us, waiting for us to respond. But you know what, we're like King Herod, who John called out the king himself for living an adulterous life, right? He wasn't afraid of the king. He said, king, you're living in sin. You're doing it wrong, you need to repent. I'm telling you why, because I love you. I want you to be saved. I'm not telling you to to make it a big deal. I'm telling you because you need to repent and get ready. Jesus is coming to save people. So, but we're like, we're like King Herod. We want everything our way. (laughs) We don't wanna receive correction. We lash out, we stomp our feet, we pout and throw a fit, run to our rooms, slam the door. (laughs) just like a child. That's what we do, right? We don't want to receive it. And sometimes, no matter how hard moms try to teach about obedience and wisdom, it it seems like it's like John's words to Herod. It falls on deaf ears. It falls on stopped-up ears. And at that point, it's like, what can we do to soften the hearts of our children so their eyes can be open to what's to come? It's the same way for us too, not just for mothers. The Spirit of God is crying out to each of us with love, with hope, with wisdom, but we too fail to hear. We fail to listen and then we fail to respond. There comes a time when it seems like a mother's instructions are not being heard. That's a hard time. And in those times, all we can do is pray and believe. Thank God for prayer. Thank God for faith to see with our spiritual eyes what we have not seen with our natural eyes. Keep believing, keep seeing in faith what can be. And this time when it feels like a mother's words aren't being heard and and you're not making progress with helping your kids be prepared for that great thing, it's very much like the prison. That John ultimately found himself in there in the prison no more could his voice of truth be heard on the streets or by those people who needed to hear you see John had been so effective at doing his one thing that the multitudes were coming to repentance multitudes were beginning to prepare their hearts for salvation he was doing it 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 was happening that one thing that he was called to do it is actually happening for him and there comes a time that when, just like John, doubts rise up in our hearts as moms, and we hear the lies of the enemy as he whispers to each of us, to mothers and to followers of Jesus alike. He says, the first lie is, you have failed at motherhood. This thing that you've given your life to, your whole life, not as important as you thought it was. Another lie is you've been chasing after the wrong calling when you should have just been being comfortable and living for yourself and having a good time. Or how about this lie? Look at the fruit of your efforts. People hate you. No one wants to listen to your words, but you know what? My mom taught me to hate lies. So I rebuke the lies of the enemy that would speak to your mind and to my mind that would tell us that this is in vain because this, what we are doing is not in vain. Your training of your children is not in vain. It is not in vain. As a mother or even as a Christian who's swimming against the tide of society, you are not a failure. Look at your neighbor and say you are not a failure. Now look at your other neighbor, if you have one, and say, I am not a failure. Amen. During John's last days in prison, because he's sitting there in the prison, unable to do his work, he dies in this prison. Okay, he, he doesn't get out. So during John's last days in prison, he becomes a little distraught, right? Feeling as if his whole life purpose had been some kind of big mistake. Being so passionate about the one thing that he was called to do, the one task that he had devoted his whole life to, John seeking assurance, expecting any day that his head would be removed and his life ended. He just wants to know, did I do a good job? Did I, did I fail? Did, did, was my life's purpose, did I miss it somehow or did I, did I get it right? You can only imagine being alone in prison like that, and, and wondering, did the one who is coming after me—is—is this—is this really? Did it did it work? <laughs> I gave my whole life, right? He wanted to know. So John somehow gets word to his fellow disciples to come see him one last time. I suppose he wanted a word of encouragement from them, something that would ease his worry and settle his heart. No doubt in his, his weakened state from sitting there in prison, he summons up all the strength he has and looks at maybe there's bars on the window. Maybe he can somehow pull himself up and see down into the street where the disciples had come to talk to him just on the other side. I can only imagine that he asked them. He said, you know, I, I just want to know. I've given my whole life for this. He's peeking through. I've given my whole life for this. I've sweated I don't have a wife. I don't have children of my own. I don't have a house. I don't have land. I've neglected myself. I've been in a wilderness. I've lived off of nearly nothing, hardly had clothing, used all of my strength to prepare the way, and here I am, in prison, and I just wanna know, was I successful? Did I do it? Did Jesus really turn out to be the one that's greater than me? Is he really everything that I hoped he would be? Or do we all just need to give up and go look for another? Have you felt like that as a mother sometimes? People don't always have an answer when we're sitting in our own prisons. (laughs) Whether you're a mother or not, this is so true. People don't always have an answer when we're sitting there in our own prisons wondering if what we're doing in life matters. Wondering if what we're putting all of our effort into really matters. The disciples, John's dearest friends, did not answer John's question. (laughs) They did not answer him. Instead, they go back to Jesus and tell him what John said. Sometimes we have questions that only God can answer. Other people don't understand our deep personal life purpose sometimes, right? A few do, but sometimes those few who understand, they're not not able to answer these questions. And people aren't always going to know if we're being successful or not at what God has called us to do. Mothers in the room followers of Jesus in the room. Sometimes our faith is all used up and the things that we're hoping for are just hanging by a thread. And that prize of a high calling of God in Christ Jesus seems so far away. And pressing toward it seems like so much effort. It's in these moments where our friends can't help us. Our own mothers can't help us. We need the Lord to speak. We we don't need the voice of the disciples. John needed to hear what Jesus had to say. And when I'm going through it, I need to hear what Jesus has to say. Not someone's opinion, even though it's well-intended opinions. I wanna know what God has to say about my situation because I need real faith. (laughs) I need faith to really be built up in me. So John 663 says this John 663 Jesus said it's the spirit who gives life no the flesh is no help at all the words that I speak to you they are spirit and they are life we need a word from God in our darkest hour We need the word of God before we get to our darkest hour. We need this hidden in our hearts so we have the strength from it to make it through. We have the words of God. We have what he has to say about our troubles right here in this book. And you know what? Jesus did just that. Jesus told the disciples, he said, okay. He said, go tell John. He said, I wanna send a message back to John in the prison. He did, Jesus didn't run to the prison and pull John out. I'll just let you think about that for a minute. Instead, he sends word back. He says, go tell John that it's okay. Tell him this, found in Luke 7, 22. He said, tell him the blind see. The lame are walking. The lepers are cleansed, the deaf are hearing, the dead are being raised, and the gospel of Jesus is being preached. So John, guess what? You did it. You did it, John. You prepared the way for the one that was coming after you. You prepared the way. You did it. I know you're in prison, and I know you don't feel like much right now. I know you're weak, but you did it. You did that one thing that God called you to do, and that was all that you needed to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Just that one thing that God put in your heart to do. The Messiah is here, and the people are ready to receive him. One day, for all of us, May the Lord who sees the future when we don't speak to every mom in the room these words. Moms, your sons are strong. Your daughters are kind. The character of God is developing in them. They work hard. They make things better everywhere they go. Your children know me and I know them. May the Lord speak, yes, your children are making some mistakes, even some really big ones, but that's part of my plan that you won't understand, Mom, because they're my children, given to you for a season, and I love them more than you ever could. Let this be what we hear in our mind when we're in our prisons say God I choose to see what I don't see I choose to believe that you love my kids far more than I ever could and that you're capable of teaching my children far more than I'll ever be able to teach them so you are not a failure you're doing exactly what God needs you to do because he's got this he gave them to you he gave you jurisdiction over these kids because he knew that there was something inside of you that they need so that he can do his work in them, amen? You are not a failure, and if I can say it again, I, again, I, I rebuke the lies of the enemy that would speak contrary to that, amen, I rebuke it. You are valiant, mother, you are brave, you are capable, and you are good, You have got what it takes. Praise God, thank you, Jesus, for every mother in this room. Thank you for the strength that we feel rising up in us right now, Lord. Thank you, God, that I believe we can, like the Bible says, we can run through a troop and leap over a wall. We have the strength to accomplish this thing that God has called us to, whether it's your motherhood or whether it's the specific call of God on your life, that he's spoken to you. You have the ability to run and attain that prize in Jesus' name. John never left that prison John prepared the way and then he got out of the way I wonder when Paul wrote to Timothy you know Paul wrote the book of Timothy it was a letter to Timothy who is his son in the gospel right because sometimes you have children that aren't your own right Sometimes you are influencing children that you did not birth, and that is very special in the eyes of God, incredibly special. So I wonder if when Paul was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, I wonder if he was inspired by what he knew of John. I wonder if he remembered John in John's last days. I wonder if he remembered John in the prison getting ready to be beheaded because that's how John died. When he said, for now, I'm ready to be offered. Ready. (laughs) The time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished the course, I've kept the faith, and now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, because he judges righteously. He knows he knows he will give me that crown on that day and not just to me but to everybody else who is really excited to see him coming everybody else I challenge you today to push to the edge of your ability in your mothering push to the edge of your ability In your service to the Lord God Almighty because the Bible tells me that when my strength ends that's when his comes in (laughs) but that can't happen unless I work to the end of my strength unless I give it everything that I have so put everything into your mothering put everything into stretching forth and reaching for that prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus John never gave up on his one job. And great is his reward in heaven. (laughs) Great. Mia, I'd like for you to come. We're almost finished here today. But I want to challenge you, moms, to keep mothering. When your season of mothering comes to an end, or it looks different as your children are adults, no matter how you feel like you've missed it, and wondered, like John, if your life's work was a success. Remember that, like John, we may never see the fullness of God's purpose in what God is performing in the lives of our children. John never left that prison. He wasn't there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out. He wasn't there when Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead. But I think he saw. He saw with his mind's eye. Just like I see for my two kids, I see with my mind's eye what the future looks like. And I speak it and I declare it and I believe it and I rejoice over it. Remember, your children are his. They are his. A powerful thing for you to remember. The wicked king and the rulers of the land, after John's death, We're so afraid that the spirit of John was coming alive in Jesus because all these miracles that are beginning to happen. They said, oh, we thought we killed John, but he seems to still be here. It seems like there's still something that's just supernatural that we can't explain, that we tried to silence, but it's not happening. They said, is this the work of John raised up from the dead? What are we going to do with this Jesus now? We know that that's not the case. We know that Jesus, there's nobody greater than Jesus. But John prepared the way, and it shook up the entire region. They said, John's coming back to life. Woo! My grandma used to tell my mom. She said, speaking of my grandfather, my mother's mother, said, Bobby, your dad will never die till you do. Because they were very similar, right? Let that be said of us, that we look like Jesus, that we look like the one who's who's training us to be what he wants us to be. The way had been effectively laid out, and John had indeed done his part. Even death couldn't silence his influence. So, follower of Jesus, you and I today, we have one job. Our job is to follow Jesus so closely that we start to become like him that we do his will on this earth all the days of our lives to the edge of our ability and in doing so we will prepare the way for those coming after us (laughs) whether it be our own children or for those who are quietly watching us We've all been impacted by a mother to some degree, but today I want to present to you another mother that will always be with us. This mother is the bride of Christ. This mother is the church, the bride of Christ, the mother who births us into his kingdom. If you and I, if we'll open our hearts Put a yes in our hearts and listen and obey the teachings of Jesus that are provided through the voice of his great bride then we will mature we will become exactly what God has called us to be and I'm telling you what God has called you to be is far greater than anything that you have planned for yourself I can think up some really wild imaginations, but the Word of God tells me that He does exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Let it be said of us that we indeed have the spirit of the one who's gone before us and that we have the same heart of the one who is greater. Commit your life to hear and receive. Commit your life to act upon what is taught to you from the scriptures. There is no other way. God is searching the whole world over for a man or a woman who has a true yes to him. He's searching. Let that be me. Don't give up until that most important thing takes its rightful place in your life. Keep pushing toward the prize. Of the high calling. Keep pushing to say, God, I'm going to know you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to serve you. And I'm going to leave a legacy of single minded focus. This one thing I do. I know it's Mother's Day, and many of you are here for the very first time, and I'm thankful for that. I believe that there are some families. And I believe that there are some individuals who are ready to put your focus on what matters most in the time that we're given. I believe there are some people in the room today who want to make a commitment to do just that from this day on. God is saving the very best generation for last. The world is not what it used to be. It takes a unique type of Christian to stand in these last days as they're becoming darker and darker and stand strong, and stand bold with the faith of what they know is true. And because God is saving the best generation for last, that means that each of us have a huge responsibility. I might not be a part of that last generation like to be but I might not be in the last days I heard a man of God preach this one time in the last days the most powerful person on the planet will not be the prime minister will not be a king or a president the most powerful person will not be the wealthiest philanthropist won't be the genius engineer or the technology guru, nope. Instead, in the last days, the most powerful person on the planet will be the man or the woman of God who chose the one thing that is the most important. The man or the woman of God who has humbled themselves in submission to God, the one who hid themselves in the word of God the one who submerge themselves in the presence of God and the ones who walk in the power of the name of Jesus. It will be the one who knows him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. So right now, I wanna open up this altar, this area here in the front. We call it the altar because this is where we lay ourselves down. I want to invite those of you, if you could all stand with me. I think there are some people in this room who just want to say, I want to press on. I want to open my ears to listen and hear. So I invite you to come. If you're joining us online today, thank you for being a part. Take a moment and recommit your life to saying, God, I'm going to put the main thing, the main thing from this day forward. I have but one job, and that is to serve you faithfully all the days of my life. We want to bless you and encourage you today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends. Extraordinarychurch.ca We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.